I'm Mitch Miller, and I'm running for President of the United States of America. Hey all you space cats, welcome to the Black Hole Podcast, Season 7, Episode 8. I'm Mitch Miller, your host, presidential candidate, the most neutral person in the world, and the most transparent candidate and agent for truth and justice in the world. So we talked on the last episode about how I would help try to help farmers stand up to these corporations and these corporate communists. Um, And I have ideas for farming and where it can go into the future uh, in a rational manner. Now, I said that these corporations are trying to establish a sharecropping system where they own all the crops, but the farmers can own the land. Well, you know, and then... Here's the here's the catch. If you don't buy our genetically modified seeds, your land is basically worthless, right? So you have no choice but to start drinking the corporate communist Kool-Aid and using these GMO seeds and whatever else they try to tell farmers they should do with their land. So today I'm going to talk about commercial drivers, right? Uh, people that hold CDL licenses, commercial driving licenses, truckers, semi-tractor trailer drivers, bus drivers, uh, all the way down to, you know, taxi drivers and, and uh, ride-sharing dri- drivers, right? Because, look, I'm against self-driving vehicles on the roads of the United States of America. I'm just going to come out and say that you can say that's a conservative thought process. I think it's a rational thinker type of process. I mean, look, look at the history, look at where we're at. Technology is always used in the most profitable, profitable ways, not the best possible ways. Sometimes it's used in the best possible ways, but rarely. And that profit goes to the corporate communists. Most of that profit goes straight up to the corporate communists. So I'm going to be questioning anything they're trying to do, especially when it comes to our publicly owned roads and throughways, and putting three, four thousand, three thousand, four thousand pound self-driving robots on the roads. I mean, if you, it, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. The only way I would be on board for self-driving vehicles is if their communication systems communicated with data lines buried under the roads okay and i think if we get behind this idea we can get these investments into self-driving to pay for a lot of our infrastructure here in the united states so that the taxpayers aren't burdened with it entirely and then putting robots on the road right if they want to venture capitalist money into um, self-driving cars and they want to invest in this um, then you you have to bury your data lines and invest in the the paving and whatever other infrastructure is under that road to make it right. So let's make these corporate communists pay for the infrastructure if they're going to put these vehicles on the road. Now I think we should make vehicles safer instead of automating every feature. Um, and I'll get into this, but we didn't try 
to make the cars alert us in different ways. I mean, there's some features that do that, but I, I guess what I'm saying is we could make the cars safer without the automated autonomous systems and you might have to receive a little bit more training at your driver's education training. But here's the here's the thing. We have a car culture here in the United States, right? We've always had this car culture. And 50% of the people in the United States enjoy driving cars. They collect them. They drive motorcycles um, for their leasure. That's you know, I'm, I'm, that's just a guess, but I'm saying around 50% of U.S. citizens enjoy driving Got a call on the landline. I thought it was maybe the president calling to say he agreed with me, but uh, there was nobody there. So, um, But a lot of us enjoy driving on the roads here, and it's not fair to the 50% of us that you're putting these hypothetically dangerous robots on the road with no driver, no human responsibility, and just automating it. And you're connecting these things to domestic wireless systems, hypothetically, that are easily hackable. And I've said this, I've said this in previous seasons. I did a whole season about this type of thing, so I'm not going to talk any more about self-driving cars, but Here's the thing. You can hire a professional driver if you don't like to drive. I understand this next generation might not like to drive as much. Um, the elderly don't enjoy driving. People with bad, poor eyesight, you know, don't really like to drive. I get it. You know, disabled people want more freedom. I, I understand why this is this is getting pushed through, but we need to take a step back um, you can hire a professional driver with ride sharing. It's the cost of that has become much less uh, cost prohibitive. There's grocery delivery services. There's all kinds of delivery services. Let the professional drivers deliver your your needs, and um, and then you know obviously if we invested in public transportation rather than self driving cars, there'd be a lot more professional drivers out there that could get you on a regular schedule to where you're trying to go, right? So, um, another thing they're trying to do is automate semi-tractor trailers on our interstate highway system, right? They're developing these tr self-driving trucks. Um, let's try, and this is for the commercial drivers out there, let's try making trucks smarter, right, before we automate them totally. Um, what about a mapping system that shows in real time the grades coming up, the, you know, hill, the steepness of the grade, the steepness of the road, going up a hill, going up a mountain in the next mile, two miles, three miles, right? So that a driver can make <clears throat> an informed decision as to whether they should pass another truck, which we've all be got caught on the interstate behind two trucks that are going 40 miles an hour because they didn't realize there was a steep grade coming up, right? Let's inform drivers. Let's make it easier for them. Let's have a computer system on these trucks that calculate the load on the truck and the grade coming up and inform the driver, hey, you're only going to be able to go 55 miles per hour for the next three miles. Or if you try to get out in the passing lane, you're only going to be able to go 45 miles per hour up this grade for the next two miles, right? Inform the drivers so that 
we're not impeding the flow of traffic on our interstates and it helps inform them in so many ways so here's other examples of a smart vehicle that could be applied to regular domestic uh, civilian vehicles right why is it that when I'm approaching a pedestrian on a on a country road or a highway two-lane highway out in the middle of nowhere or a or a bicyclist there's not an alert that overrides my music system in my my media system in my car and says approaching bicyclist or approaching pedestrian right you have all these wireless waves and you're you don't want to get rid of them you know or you don't want to limit them in any way so then use them for to save lives people get killed on highways and roads without sidewalks all the time they could have a little wristband or a or something linked up to their phone that alerts on the any vehicles coming within proximity of it hey pedestrian hey uh, bicyclist uh, you know, but the thing with that is you need a nationwide mandate. That's why you need me for president. I'll mandate to all, uh, all vehicle manufacturers. If you're going to sell your vehicle in the United States, you have to incorporate this system. We had 10,000 roadside deaths this year that could have been prevented, you know, and then we'll push it through Congress or whatever we need to do to make it permanent. Here's another example of something making cars smarter instead of just putting radar and sonar on it and having automatic swerving features and autonomous features on every vehicle we have on the road. Everybody knows there's a blind spot when you're turning left or right. Uh, you see it in cities, especially it happens at night. I know on my old truck, the beam that comes down that holds the, um, the windshield. If you're turning right and there's a crosswalk right there and the person just happens to line up with that beam coming down perfectly, you're going to almost hit a pedestrian, right? There's that blind spot when you're turning left or right and at slow speed and I've, I've scared the heck out of myself before doing it. Um, why isn't there a sensor or some kind of network system in cities that can alert when you turn your turn signal on at an intersection, pedestrian in the in the sidewalk. And now I know some of these new vehicles have these type of features, but what about a standard network for this type of thing? You know. So, um, and and some auto manufacturers are incorporating this type of technology, but I think we need to make a blanket statement that before you automate certain features of a vehicle, you have to make every effort to inform inform the driver. And, you know, I know it's great listening to music and stuff, but we can make systems that override our music systems or you're talking on your telephone and say, hey, there's a pedestrian right here, you know, and hypothetically save lives. So, you know, did we try to alert people via the speaker system? before we automated all these features. I don't know that we did. And now we have, we're testing autonomous vehicles and we have millions of vehicles with semi-autonomous features on them on our United States roads. And my question is, what's going to happen when these autonomous features start to malfunction, 
right? Now, I have a plan to address it, you know, and that's, I think, something every president should bring to the table, but I'm not going to go into that right now. All right, something else for CDL holders, commercial driver's license holders. Um, I'm going to start a nationwide program for charging stations. I know this has already begun by the Biden administration, but we're going to focus on national parks and eventually expand it to state parks and their campgrounds, specifically their campground areas. Because I came to this idea after the pandemic or during during the when the pandemic was almost over, a lot of local schools around at least my city were having a problem finding school bus drivers and these people have to hold a commercial driver's license obviously so i thought you know bus driver it's uh we need these professional drivers let's make it so that a younger generation want to be bus drivers so this is kind of my idea the charging station program would partner possibly with a private uh, technology firm, kind of like our ride-sharing firms, but they would focus on delivering electric vehicles to these campgrounds at state, national parks. They would be parked at a site. Uh, there'd be designated sites there. And, you know, school bus drivers, they get three months off in the summer usually. So we're going to, this private tech developer will develop an app and bus drivers can use an app to coordinate driving people's recreational vehicles their rvs these big camper buses right and this helps out all these people trying to to uh to retire and go rving around the united states or even young people that want to go RVing around the United States, you can use this app to hire a professional bus driver, mostly school bus drivers, and they'll drive your RV to the destination. And then, you know, these, these bus drivers throw in their tent and their gear in the RV, drive to that state, federal park, whatever campground. They throw up a tent, camp a couple of days. They have access to that electric vehicle that's parked there at the charging station they can go check out the park they can do whatever they want with that vehicle stay a couple nights then their next job is lined up for another rv two days three day driving in an rv right so they take their ev and maybe they drive to a private campground private rv resort meet up with the next family that are that ev is left at that resort and it's coordinated through the company or through the program to get it back to the state or federal park to plug into the charging station. The bus driver drives that family to their destination. Maybe they stop and visit a couple places, and so on and so forth. So it's a nationwide network of commercial drivers that can drive RVs in the summertime and then drive school buses through the school year. And I think it's a fun program. I think it's a good idea. Helps a lot. It helps... People who are retiring, you can keep your RV till you're 80 or 90 years old, 85 years old, and someone will drive it around for you. Now, you're going to have to pay for this service, obviously, but I think it's worth it, and I think it uh, will appeal to a lot of people 
uh, retiring and it'll help a younger generation say, you know what, I'm just going to be a school bus driver because I can see the whole United States of America in the summertime. And uh, so that's another program for professional drivers that helps the state and localities keep and retain bus drivers, keep really good bus drivers, really good professional drivers for their buses, makes children safer, so on and so forth. So uh, those are just a couple programs and my what I want to do for commercial drivers. I hope you'll support me as President of the United States. Check out my websites for other ideas I have, plotm.com, mitch4mayor.com, that's mitch, the number four, mayor.com, almavoter.com, and trafnat.org. Consider buying a t-shirt. There's no can't and American t-shirts for my campaign fund to build the Periscope platform where we can all vote on who my vice president is who the Secretary of State is, who the Secretary of the Treasury is. Uh, make Duels Not War shirts to help build my Duel.us site where people can discuss and vote on who I should challenge to a duel. Um, if, if you'd like to volunteer with my campaign, I'd really appreciate it. Looking for volunteers, haven't found any yet. Um, contact me through my websites. And uh, until next time, I wish you peace, prosperity, and homeostasis.